We hope you enjoy this podcast from Light Church Edithburg. To find out more about us, visit lightchurch.co. Well, welcome back to church. So good to see you. And uh, Ben said thanks, but I want to say a thanks from me, who all, all who have helped out in different ways over the last 14 weeks, is it? I don't know. And um, we're starting a new series. Ben gave you a little idea. It's called The Very Good News. Not just the good news. The Very Good News. And we'll be exploring the life and death and resurrection of Jesus and what it all means. And uh, this very good news has been changing lives for, for thousands of years. And we have a cross on the stage. Anyone notice that? Yeah. We are built by one of our local craftsmen. Came out of the ceiling of the Uniting Church at Yorktown, which got pulled down and that was built originally about 1880 something so it was been up there for about 140 years I, I estimate it, it's seen about 7,247 Sundays oversaw those things and who knows what that, those beams oversaw people encountering God people preaching people praying I remember as as a teenager being in that space and in certain meetings and I can't remember what happened but I remember being there but I remember being impacted um, by those meetings encounters with God and the cross is a symbol of of hope it's a symbol of God's love a symbol of sacrifice and we see it on in many churches and organizations in jewelry who's got some who's got it on jewelry here today anybody anybody got a cross on yeah and you see it in logos like the Red Cross, which started through Christians and 98% of educational systems, uh, um, educational institutions, and probably about 90, 95% of any sort of hospital started as a Christian organisation. And you often see that, that symbol uh, in logos, uh, it's a symbol of blessing, a single symbol of sacrificial love. But it didn't start that day, that way. If you were lived back in Jesus' time, it was a symbol of a, of a curse. In fact, when Jesus was around, thousands of Jewish, probably men, would have been hung on those cross. It was a symbol of a curse. It was a symbol of... Um, humiliation, torture, to deter people, basically, from doing the same thing. If you read your history books, there was one account where, where there was a, a rebellion against the Romans and 2,000 people were crucified. And they, they put them on a road between one town and another, every 40 metres. There was another one, another one, another one. So many, they actually had to import wood in. And it was just to send a signal, don't mess with us. So that was, in Jesus' time, it was a symbol of a curse. It was a symbol of humiliation. It was reserved for those with no status. It was to deter people. And Jesus has transformed the meaning of the cross. As he's done with lots of things, he's turned things upside down, which once was this symbol of a, of a curse has become a symbol of blessing, uh, of love. 
And as we start this series of very good news, I want to zoom out. It's like, you know, when you get in a plane and you zoom up and you see things from a, a wider panoramic view to get a bit of an overview of what the whole Bible's picture of the cross is. And then I want to zoom back in and to see what it ma- might mean for you and for, you, uh, for me. And I want to start with the word gospel. When I say the word gospel, what do you think of? Gospel music? Do you think of, you know, a certain type of message? Some of you are thinking of a little diagram or something like that. And uh, what is the gospel? And we can try to explain it using, you know, different methods. Uh, I used to use a little diagram called the bridge to life or some have different other ideas. But, and they're useful. But the gospel is so much bigger than what we can put on a piece of paper. Uh, it's so much richer. And the gospel is God's plan for humanity and for the whole world. And it's very good news. And it's the unfolding story of the Bible. And, and it comes together, it reaches its pinnacle in the life, death and resurrection of Jesus. And uh, those in the Old Testament part of your Bible look forward to it and we sort of look back on this event. But it was the moment when everything changed in history. Even, even if you aren't a Christian, everything changed. What day is it today? 14th? What is the date today? 5th of July what year? And that, how, how our whole calendar is based upon this one event. Whether you believe... Uh, in the power of Jesus or not. The gospel is about the thing that God did for us, which he almost always promised to do for us. And the, the word gospel, or the word good news, is a translation of the word gospel. So if you see the word gospel, it's a Greek word and it means good news. So they mean the same thing. And uh, we had four books in the start of your New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke and John, and they call them the Gospels. And, um, and the word gospel is literally an announcement of very good news. If you, if you read the start of the book or the Gospel of Mark, it starts with this. Have we got that, Andrew? Mark chapter 1, verse 1. This is Mark starting his book. This is the good news or the gospel about Jesus the Messiah, the Son of God. It began and he goes on. So he starts his book saying, oh, this is the gospel. This is the good news. And that's probably where the gospels get their name from, from that sentence. And it's not just any good news, but it's very good news. Like... Um, Oh, I got a bargain online. Well, that's good news. Or on the front page of the advertiser, the Crows have finally won a game. Well, that's good news. But that can change next week. And the thing you bought online, you know, it's great, but it doesn't fit. The good news we're talking about here is not the sort of news that's here one day and changes the next day. It doesn't mean that at all. The term gospel refers to the news that causes everything to change. 
everything and nothing to be the same again. It's like you imagine you're in, in Germany, it's 1945, and you're, you're in a concentration camp and you hear the news, the war is over. That news changed the world. They were dancing in the streets in, in New York and in Sydney. That, this, that's what the term means. This is news. It's the news that's changing everything. So that's what that term meant. It wasn't just normal news or what we think is news. It's dancing in the street, the war is over sort of news. And because of this news, the world is a different place. So that's what the word gospel is referring to. And when it comes to the Bible, I don't know, is anyone like, like me? I used to sort of be, well, the Old Testament, that's where the old, you know, God was a bit grumpy, had to follow the laws, uh, he seemed to be a bit angry. But you go to the New Testament, oh, that's the good part. And I used to think quite a bit like that, and some of you might even think like that, but I've come to see that perhaps I haven't quite got the right perspective. Because um, when you read the gospel, what were they? Matthew, Mark, Luke and John. The writers have a few things in common. One, one thing they have in common, they all talk about you know, Jesus' death and resurrection. They all talk about uh, the sign on the cross, the king of the Jews. And one thing they all do is this. They all constantly, constantly refer back to the Old Testament. Constantly. And sometimes they do it like this. Mark might write, as it says in the book of Isaiah, blah, 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 blah. And sometimes he just puts a line from Isaiah. It doesn't tell us. It's a bit like this. Gabby, as it says in Star Wars, may the force be with you. So she knows what I'm referring to, but sometimes he might say, in conversation, may, may the force be with you. It doesn't say where it comes from, but we know where it comes from. Or if you haven't, you'll work it out. And there's a lot of both those sorts of references in the Gospels, constantly referring phrases back to the unfolding story. And so it's not like the old thing and the new thing. It's actually a continuation of the whole story of God. And uh, so the reader is... Is they're trying to send the message that Jesus isn't just the next story in the Bible. He's actually the fulfillment of everything that's happened. Everything that God was saying, it's coming to a point in Jesus. And it starts way back in Genesis in the Garden of Eden and goes through. You know, there's a poem in Isaiah 52. You know, your Bible is one-third poetry. Boy, I didn't know that. Well, I do now. Often you'll see it written and everything's indented. That's a poetry. And um, Isaiah 52 is a poem. And at the time it was about, written about, oh, I don't know, 700 years before Jesus was on the scene. And what had happened, the city of Jerusalem had been actually destroyed through the, the, Babylon, uh, the Babylonians. The Babylonians. And many of the Jews were taken away as slaves into exile, but a few of them remained. And they were asking the question, because t the temples destroyed, Jerusalem's in ruins, have you left us, God? Have you abandoned us? And they're asking this question. 
because Jerusalem was the, supposed to be the city where God reigned to bring peace and blessing. And Isaiah had been telling them, you know, the mess you're in, you made it yourself. And uh, they turned away from God. They were, many of them were corrupt and everything seemed lost. And the, and the poem goes on in Isaiah 52, and you can read it later. And there's a watchman, and he's on the city wall, and he's looking. And he sees a messenger running towards the city. And the messenger is shouting, guess what he's shouting? Good news, good news, right? Uh, it's a Hebrew version of exactly the same word. And Isaiah 52, verse 7, oh, there we go. How beautiful on the mountains are the feet. Who's got beautiful feet here? Is there, is there, is there such a thing as beautiful feet, really? It's, it's referring to the message. Okay. How beautiful on the mountains are the feet of the messenger who brings good news, the same term. The good news of peace and salvation, the news that God of Israel reigns. The watchmen shout and sing for joy, for before their very eyes they see the Lord returning to Jerusalem. So, you know, this is this poem back in there. If you read a little bit further, it starts to talk about Jesus. Next chapter, he was wounded for our transgressions. It's talking about Jesus and his suffering. And um, the watchmen sing for joy. And it's interesting that the very first thing that Jesus says, as, uh, which is recorded in the, in, the, in the book of Mark, we were just there before. Can we put that? These are the first words of Jesus in the Gospel of Mark. Uh, the next one. Here, this is, this is what Jesus said. The first thing you hear him say or you read that he said, the time is fulfilled. Make a note of that. The time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand. It means repent and believe the gospel, the good news. So what Jesus is doing is, is saying, that good news that Isaiah has been talking about, about the king coming to reign, God coming to reign as king, about the kingdom of God coming, it's coming right now, and it's really good news. So that, that, this, every time they talk about the kingdom of God or something like that, through the Gospels, and it's everywhere, they're referring back to these sort of scriptures. And when people hear the kingdom of God, guess where their mind's going? It's back like when I say the force be with you, it goes back to Star Wars. As soon as they hear their phrases, they go back to these sort of verses. So when Jesus is talking about the kingdom of God, this is where they go back. Hey, you know, the Romans used the word good news as well. The same word. Whenever there was a new emperor. See, see when an emperor got killed, guess what happened in the Roman Empire? All the factions had a big war. And didn't fight their war in Rome, they took it somewhere else because it was too messy. And when they finished their war and sorted out what was happening, you know, the new Caesar would be put in place and they'd make this proclamation, good news, peace on earth, goodwill to all men. It was the same message, the same uh, words even. So in the gospel books, you see the, the phrase, the kingdom of God, a lot, and it summarises the teachings and the actions of Jesus. 
And Jesus went around proclaiming what? The good news of the kingdom of God. So, but the way Jesus' kingdom was unfolding was much different to what they were used to. Because people were used to, you know, when a kingdom king comes, when a king conquers, you know, they need to be strong, they need to beat everyone up, impose their, their will, defeat their enemies. But Jesus, like the symbol of the cross, turned the whole thing upside down. And he said things like this, if you want to be great in the kingdom, you've got to be the servant of all. Or, um, or you serve the weakest. If you live under God's kingdom, guess what you do? You forgive your enemies. You turn, that's not what they were doing. It was totally counterculture to what they thought a kingdom was like. And in this series, we're going to look a bit closer at, at the cross, its meaning, its power. Through the cross, Jesus defeated death. Through the cross, he reigns as king. Through the cross, he's dealt with something which we call sin. And if you read through the, the Old Testament again, you often hear these things that people are writing, like um, how the nations will join with Israel worshipping God. For, for instance, Psalm, chapter, Psalm, Psalm 2, Ask of me and I'll give the nations as your inheritance. It talks about all the nations coming. And it talks about all creation being restored. Now, until Jesus came, God really just communicated with the Jews. But after Jesus came, everything changed. Everything changed. Um, he became the king and saviour of the world. God so loved the world. It wasn't just about sort of the Jewish family that came through Abraham. It was a game changer. It was very good news because everything changed forever. And guess what? God even promised to restore creation. It wasn't just people. It was, it, when you read it, it it's a bit mind-blowing. It's, it's sort of like, wow. The work of Jesus is, is great for us, but it's, it's actually focused on the whole world and um, all, every part of creation. And we are new creations. And the promise was that God was going to return humans into the original relationship he had with the original humans. And there's a picture of that right back in Genesis chapter 3, the Garden of Eden. And, uh, you know, the Garden of Eden was a bit like a place where heaven seemed to meet with earth, seemed to be this crossover place where God was and people were and uh, where we know God, where we walk with God, where we're his representatives, where we rule and reign with him. And when Jesus came, it, it was the very start of restoring that sort of uh, relationship. Now let's zoom in. Zoom, zoom into the cross. Sort of gave you just some big picture stuff, but what about you? What does the gospel mean for you? Well, let me tell you a few things. We'll unpack this over the next period. You have become one of God's own. Um, we've got 1 Peter 3 verse 18. 
Thanks, Andrew. For Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous. This next phrase, that he might bring us to God. He wants to bring you to God. Being put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the spirit. But it's that phrase being brought to God. See, the good news is huge, like it's world-changing, but it's also very personal. It's, it affects creation, but as we zoom in, it's a message that God loves you. He's got a free gift for you. And the good news is that you can know God. I remember when I was about 17, yeah, I can remember back that far. I remember a verse that changed my whole outlook. You know, until this verse sort of came alive to me, I used to think eternal life referred to, oh, just what happens when you die, you sort of cross over, go over to the other side, that's eternal life. But then I found how Jesus defined eternal life and it was quite different to how I did it changed the way I live John 17 verse 3 let's put that up thanks Andrew and this is Jesus speaking it's actually Jesus praying and he talks about himself in the third person which is interesting he's praying before he goes to the cross and he says this and this is eternal life hey if you ever know what eternal life is this is it this is eternal life that they may know you, he's praying to his Father, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. The, the actual essence of eternal life is knowing God. When you know God, you have the life of God. It starts now and it continues on for sure. But it's not about a destination. It's not about a place. It's not about just get me to heaven. It's actually about knowing being brought to God and experiencing God. I love the way Jesus describes eternal life. This is, this, is the, this is the good news. He wants to give you his life. He wants to give me his life. It's all about knowing God. Now, there's lots of benefits of the gospel, and these are some of the benefits. Forgiveness, healing, restoration, freedom, family, heaven, uh, being made like him, justified. But that's, they're the benefits. The goal is that you might know God. For when you know God, there's forgiveness. When you know God, there's restoration. So don't, don't confuse the benefits with the real deal. It's about knowing God. What if I'm just forgiven and I don't know God? Well, I feel better for a while. It's about knowing God. And uh, Jesus came that we might know God. And the gospel or the good news is encountered through Jesus, through the cross. Jesus is central. And if, if you had to describe it to someone really quickly before the bus came in five minutes' time, it's more about the person. It's about Jesus. Um, it's not a theory on how to get saved. It's actually about a person. If the Christian faith was a, was a house, then Jesus is the door, right? And uh, Jesus is how we enter. And through Jesus, you know, the living God, um, 
open that front door and Jesus walks through with us. It's like he walked through and he invites us to walk through. And this series, The Very Good News, so it's going to be about the life of Jesus, the death of Jesus, what that means, the resurrection of Jesus, what that means, how it fits into the big story of the Bible. We'll look up some phrases and try and really define them. Like, he came to save us from our sins. What the heck does that even mean? Or I've been washed in the blood of the Lamb. What? <laughs> Very, you know, they're, 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 they're not just phrases, they're symbolic. What does it mean for us? What does it mean for you to be saved from your sin? What does it mean for you to be saved from your sin? How does it change your life today? Uh, he came to free us from the things that hold us captive things that seem to hold us back, control us. We'll look at the word, things like repentance. What does that mean? Because Jesus said, repent and believe the good news. What does it mean, really? Uh, can we have the team up? I've discovered, you know what I've discovered? Every time I sort of miss the mark. Does anyone ever mess up at times? Anyone else apart from me? Don't make me come out there. I know there's some more. Every time we sort of miss it, that's what the Bible calls sin. You know what the word sin actually means? It means if I had an arrow and I shot it at a bullseye and it missed the mark, that's what it means. That's the word sin. That's what it means. It means I was supposed to go that way, but I missed. That's the best definition. How did I get there? Whenever I miss the mark, how do I get there? Whenever I go the, down the wrong path, why did I go there? When I look up end up in the wrong, viewing the wrong thing or just in places that mess with your life. How did I get there? And uh, you know what I found something? It's pretty simple. The Bible uses the word called, anyone heard the word idolatry? Sounds quite, ooh, does that mean I've got like something set up in my lounge room? Idolatry actually sort of means putting things in the place where God should be. Now, sometimes that th it's, it could be a person, it could be money, it could be uh, desires or greed or whatever. If something is in replace in the place where God is, we're going to miss them up. And uh, the story about Jesus is a lot about him becoming king because when he's king, we're sort of under his reign. When something else is king, that's when we miss the mark. When something else is Lord, when something else controls our life, that's when, that's when we miss it. But when he is king, when he is Lord, that's when we're restored. The first thing Jesus said in the Gospel of Mark, we, we read it, I'm going to read it again. The time is, is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand. It's now. Repent and believe the good news. Believe the good news. The very good news. God has good news for you. And we're going to unpack this. It's, it's, it's better than you think. When the Apostle Paul describes it, he's, he's trying to defend it. He says, I know it sounds too good to be true, but it actually really is true. Where we have 
this gift where God loves us, he gives us a free gift where we can come to him and be restored. And that's what Jesus came to do. That's what the gospel is about. Let's pray. And then we're going to sing a song. Oh, the guy, I'm going to get the guys to sing a song over you, which we, we did this um, through online church. And it's the blessing. It's, it's a blessing. Uh, it's the ancient prayer, I suppose, of Israel. And we're going to sing it as a prayer. But Lord, I pray for everybody in this place, Lord. Lord, I pray that this, this gospel, this good news, Lord, will come alive in our lives in a new way. We'll start to realise the, the enormity of what God has done. Lord, that you open our eyes to see the blessings and, and, and the favour we have because of Jesus. Lord, I pray as we, as we go through this series, we'll, we'll see even more the love of God poured out for us. We can, we'll see what that means. We'll see how it doesn't just affect, you know, the next life, but our, that Jesus came to give us life in its, all its abundance, even today. Lord, uh, as we're focusing on you, I, I pray, Lord, that people will, will even commit their lives afresh to you, saying, Lord, I might have put you on the, on the, in the back seat for a while. I want to... I want you to be Lord of my life. I want you to be my king. I want to live under the kingdom of God, under the blessing of God. And we do that, Lord. We, we commit our lives afresh to you in this place this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks, guys.